Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The Trump Organization found guilty. And the person who hates Donald Trump will take this story and say Trump was found guilty, but Trump was not found guilty. The organization, yes. Trump, no. Is that a distinction without a difference? No. That's a distinction with a tremendous difference. Why does it matter? Because if you're going to discuss things honestly, you have to know what it is that happened. You can't pretend that you can just lump everything together. I mean, you'd be as ignorant and foolhardy as somebody who said Trump once suggested people drink bleach. Of course he didn't do that. But liars and frauds and low lowlifes and low intellects, low minds, inconsiderate fools will gladly tell you that. My God, Trump told people to drink bleach. He never told anybody to drink bleach. But lies get told because it's fun. I think you need to deal with what happened so you can then decide what to do about the thing. Whatever that is, how you feel about it, how you want to act uh, about it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, what is going on? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's the number. Feel free, call in, love to talk to you. 833-GOT-TONY. The company convicted on uh, a 15-year-long criminal scheme to defraud tax authorities. Found guilty of paying personal expenses for top executives, including former chief financial officer Alan Weisselberg. Now, I'm reminded of uh, Senator Daschle. And how he, when he was being looked at to join the Obama team, I forget what cabinet position it was. I almost want to say it was Health and Human Services, but I I could be wrong. He had had a car and a driver and did not place the car and the driver as income. So he was, you know, violating tax rules. Because he wasn't declaring all his income. The driver and the car were, were provided, but it, it's, it's income. You got you to gotta somehow categorize it and claim it. He didn't. He didn't. And that prevented Barack Obama from removing then Senator or, or former Senator Tom Daschle from being considered it was Health and Human Services. Democrat Tom Dash. Oh, did I leave that part out? Oh, silly me. I apologize. So has this happened before? Yes, it's happened before. It was wrong when a Democrat did it. It's wrong when somebody in Trump world did it. The company's going to be fa- going to be fined uh, about 1.6 1.7 million dollars. The key story here, I mean, by the way, uh, defra- defrauding tax authorities, conspiracy, and falsifying business records. Trump is not charged in any of this. Let me say that again for the people in the cheap seats who like to be ignorant fools because they hate more than they like reality. Trump was not charged in the case. As a matter of fact, it didn't have anything to do with him personally. 
But Weisselberg, he's the one who did this. He's going to spend five months in jail, most probably. We'll see if he gets any jail time at all. One's got to assume they're going to want to send somebody from Trump world to jail. He's 75 years old. The former president's companies now stand convicted of crimes. This uh, stated by the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. So what? So what? You allow people to engage in acts of murder all over the city of New York and you don't do anything. You have people who have beaten other people and you leave them, you let them just go free. No bail, no staying in jail, uh, you know, uh, released on their own recognizance. The crime problem grows in cities like New York, in cities like Chicago, in cities like my beloved Indianapolis, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Well, San Francisco, they have a DA who might actually be trying now. And this is this is your bragging point because the people who hate Trump are going to say, "Oh, Alvin Bragg, what a hero." Meanwhile, the city falls apart. Those are facts. Those are facts. So it's important to know what happened. And it's important to know why it matters. Trump does not hire the best people, nor does he have the best people around him. That is an argument. Feel free to use it. Did Trump engage in any tax impropriety? Not according to this case. But so we're clear, everyone in America has engaged in some tax impropriety. The tax code is so ridiculous, so long, so convoluted, and so confusing, guaranteed someone, anyone, all of us, everywhere, along the line, knowingly or most probably unknowingly, made an error. You think the tax code is this convoluted for no reason? It's for, I believe, that specific reason. Everyone's always guilty. What do they refer to as sometimes Byzantine? Yeah, that's what you've got. Now, this is not the only story out there. There is a story I wanted to share. Uh, and it's not even about the election of of Raphael Warnock, who defeated Herschel Walker. We're going to get uh, into this a little bit because you've got the most ignorant statements in the world from people like Sonny Hostin over there at The View. Well, Trump now is such a loser. I mean, Trump yeah. has lost almost every single election that he's backed, right? And so that shows that he's really, really losing. Uh-huh. I was surprised it was so close, though, yeah. as what mentioned. 1.7 million people voted for Herschel Walker. Who are these 1.7 million people? people? That's how much she hates you. This is what happens when you spend all your time in New York and you have no connection to where the rest of America is. These progressives think that they are loved. Herschel Walker lost the the uh, runoff by, what was that? I don't know what, what the final vote would come down. It was like two or three points. I thought last I had looked, it was like 100,000 votes. She can't believe it. You know, there there's a, a story about a, a socialite from the 70s named Pauline Kael in New York. Um, and uh, the quote that's attributed to her, now whether or not she said it or not, I don't think she actually did, but it's attributed to her, and, and uh, that's how history goes sometimes. Nixon wins re-election, and she says, Richard Nixon, I don't know anybody who voted for Richard Nixon. 
she believed that the entire world was predicated on what she saw with her own eyes as a socialite in Manhattan. What do we discuss? The difference between Wall Street and Midwest Main Street, because they're two different things and we recognize it. We see it. Of course, Sonny Houston doesn't see it. How, how would a bigot see anything other than their own bigotry? It's what happens. You got to open yourself up. People are not totally down with the progressive point of view. They're not down with a, a pastor who wants to set, tell you that abortion is just fine. Uh, Herschel Walker's position on this is extreme. He says he wants a national ban, no exceptions. That would include rape, incest, the life of the mother. I think that's out of step with the women of Georgia, Democrats and Republicans. And um, it's, 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 one of the, it's one of the things that's on the ballot. And, you know, I get a lot of pushback from people who seem to think that they own the interpretation of the gospel. But I've, I've been studying the scriptures my whole life. I'm, I'm committed to the faith. And as a pastor, I have a profound reverence for life. And as a pastor and a person of faith, I have a deep respect for choice. I'll let Christians figure that one out. And maybe many of them said, nah, maybe you don't actually have uh, a profound respect for life. And maybe, maybe you need a little bit of the gospel pushed back upon you. I'm a pastor. You're not allowed to tell me. Well, it's a heck of an argument. When you are a a candidate, when you're an elected official, people are going to tell you all sorts of things. They're going to tell you all sorts. Now, you can dismiss those things. You can discount those things. But you can't discount the fact that there are people who believe those things and aren't interested in you. Who are these 1.7 million people? People who believe that voting for the Inflation Reduction Act was lying to the people of Georgia and said, screw off. People who want to have less spending. Maybe some people who believe that no matter what the situation, abortion is murder. Now, I don't think that's where America is. I think America wants safe, rare, and legal. The progressive left wants up to and including the moment of birth. Don't look at me like somehow I'm inventing something. This is what they've said. This is how they've acted. This is the legislation they passed in New York. And the former governor of Virginia actively discussed infanticide. The killing of the baby. So, woe up if you don't understand where 1.7 million people could be. But me, I take that as an opportunity to come back with other candidates and move forward. And we're going to get into that. Kurt Schlichter is going to join us in just a little bit from townhall.com and Noah Rothman of Commentary Magazine because some things that they have written and been discussing, as we've been discussing, they tie in together about what do you want to do? You want to be Trump 24-7 or do you want to win? What do you want to do? What, what do you want to do? Don't tell me about your feelings. What do you want to do? And it's worth uh, a, a discussion. No, the story I want to get to is about the family of the late Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. What happened at that medal ceremony, hands they wouldn't shake and statements they made and how I believe that needs to be handled. Now, maybe it'll be handled by ignoring them. 
but you won't be able to ignore when the political left decides to take people who they believe can't be touched, you can't say anything, and put them on a center stage to say anything. I have the story, I have their comments, and I have the reaction coming up. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz Today. It's just a mix of the good days and the bad ones. Hope the good days outweigh the bad ones. Get your money right and let it rack up. If I go, least I know When a family is in mourning, I don't tell them how to mourn. I don't tell them how to grieve. I don't get involved. Because what the hell do I know? You know, if they're engaging in some act of, of physical harm or, or, or violence, I, I, I could say words, especially if it's directed towards me, if I know them and it's directed towards themselves. But I don't tell people how to... I don't tell people how to... Uh, um, how to grieve. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. But it was noticed by me and a host of other people that... When the family of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick was there to uh, at this event where they were giving Capitol Police these, these medals, thanking them for their valor on January 6th. And a lot of those officers were put in a bad spot. You can't say no to that. I'm not about to. They were went through a little reception line, and there was Chuck Schumer, and they all sh- uh, shook Chuck Schumer's hand, and the mother of Officer Brian Sicknick and the brother of Brian Sicknick. Uh, but there was Mitch McConnell, and they wouldn't shake his hand. Now, again, you don't have to shake anybody's hand. I, I, I don't say no to this. But I've noticed that the Sicknick family is starting to get a little political. Brian Sicknick was there on January 6th, and people said that his injuries led to his death. The reporting says otherwise, that his death of a stroke the next day had nothing to do with anything that happened the day prior. That was the reporting. Now, if that's changed, that's changed. But people say that Brian Sicknick died because of January 6th or died on January 6th, and that's not the case from every bit of reporting. His brother, Ken was discussing the importance of the January 6th committee and, well, what happened that day. They came out right away and condemned what happened on January 6th. And then whatever hold that Trump has on them, they've backed up, they've danced. They won't admit to wrongdoing, not necessarily them themselves, but of Trump, of the rioters. I mean, people like, people like Louis Gohmann who presented an American flag that was flown over the Capitol to a January 6th rioter and told them they were a patriot. It's disgusting. And now it takes t- away everything my brother's done. It takes away my bro- my, the, the heroism my brother showed. You know. I don't believe that true, but I'm not going to tell him he can't believe it. I don't think that something Louis Gohmert did takes away from your brother's work as a Capitol Police officer. Uh, and and I, I think that, I, w- I would say that that's a stretch. If you feel that way, you feel that way. I just think that it's, you're unhappy with X, so therefore you apply it emotionally to Y. Again, I could understand you being emotional and I cannot quite understand your emotions. How could I? I haven't lost my, I, I've lost a brother in my life. 
but I'm not him. And how I feel about my brother and losing my brother, which happened in 2020, uh, may be different than, than, than him right there. But the, the, the Louis Gohmert giving a flag doesn't connect to something about your brother. It, doesn't, it seems to be something that you're just throwing in there to throw in there. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I see this as an issue. And this question from the reporter and then the response. You don't think they deserved a handshake in this context? No. No, definitely not. No, because, they, because unlike Bush Cheney, they have no idea what integrity is. They can't stand up for what's right and wrong. But it's, no, with them, it's party first. Liz gave up her political career. To do she what was right and try to find the truth. She's, she, she's the one ray of hope, her and the whole committee, that they can show integrity, that they can show they actually care about the process, about democracy, about everything that goes on. And these guys are, oh, as long as it's got a big R in front of it, we're going to do whatever we do. Liz Cheney showing integrity is a very interesting take and one that I disagree with. Liz Cheney showed that she was obsessed and took all the things, all the work she had done as a conservative and threw that away because of her hatred for Donald Trump. And I don't tell her that she can't hate Donald Trump, but she gave up her leadership position. She gave up, quote unquote, her career to take part in a witch hunt a committee that wouldn't allow Republicans to be on it. Oh, no, you couldn't have Jim Jordan or Jim Banks because they may ask questions about what happened with security that day, that it could be about more than just Donald Trump. But if you wanted a witch hunt, it could only be about one witch. And I have never minded Liz Cheney saying that she thinks Donald Trump was wrong and shame on him and he should have been impeached. She decided no longer to whip the vote. She decided no longer to push what it was that conservatives were about. She did that. Never going to tell the Sicknick family how to mourn, how to grieve. I don't know what works for them. But I will respectfully push back when a narrative is developed And I'm told you can't say anything because he lost his brother. He did. I have no words for him that will give him comfort. But I cannot be asked to sit idly by when a lie is told. Or when a narrative is attempted and they're utilizing someone as a human shield. I won't do it. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. So you take a look at what happened in Georgia and you take a look at the fact that Herschel Walker loses to the incumbent Democrat Raphael Warnock, but it wasn't a blowout. It was just a loss. Does it matter at this stage of the game? Does it matter that it's just a loss? A loss is a loss is a loss. Exactly how many losses are the Republican Party going to take in an election that everybody thought, including Democrats and all Democrats, that they were going to get blown out in? Yet it's Republicans who did not make it happen in the Senate and barely made it in the House. There are successes. There are successes in those school board races. You saw massive massive success in New York, but you didn't see success in getting people over the finish line. You didn't get Lee Zeldin into that governor's chair in New York, which is a very difficult thing to do. You didn't do it with Carrie Lake. You didn't do it with Adam Laxalt. There are places where there were losses. And of course, this Georgia race. So is the question, is the, is the, the question, I guess, is the problem in front of us, the candidate quality 
Or is the problem in front of us how we run? How we engage going out there and trying to get the vote. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is good uh, to be with you. You can find everything that I'm doing over there at TonyKatz.locals.com. Kurt Schlichter joins us uh, right now. He's a trial lawyer by trade. That's how you know him. And then, of course, you know his work as an author. He has the Kelly Turnbull series of books. You can find those at Amazon.com, The People's Republic, Inferno, Crisis Collapse, uh, The Split. His latest book, Inferno, is available at Amazon.com, part of the Kelly Turnbull series of books. You also know his work as a columnist at Townhall.com. And I've been trying, Kurt, to figure out how you create the difference between what took place in Georgia and then what's going on with the party and this real conversation of how do the same people who didn't bring victory, whether it be Kevin McCarthy in the House or uh, Mitch McConnell in the Senate or Rona McDaniel, uh, they're the head of the RNC, how are they still in power yet? McCarthy gets reelected to leader, McConnell gets reelected to leader, and it very much seems now with Lee Zeldin saying he's not going to run, uh, the Republican from New York, that Ronan McDaniel is going to remain in leadership. And I don't think I have what it takes to be able to uh, extricate the two things, right? Or, or split apart the two things. This Herschel Walker debacle, if you will, if you will, versus what's going on with the Republican Party as a whole. So I ask the question this way. What is the problem as you see it and as you've written about it with the Republican Party? And how do you go about making those changes? Well, Tony, we've got a lot of uh, problems with the Republican Party, a lot. Uh, and luckily, we have a little bit of uh, runway before the 2024 election. Uh, but you, you hit on an important point. There's no accountability here. One of the reasons our country is in such dire straits is the total lack of accountability on the part of the people who run things and have run it into the ground. So McCarthy, who, who did – they did win back the House. They didn't get as many as we thought, but they did win back the House. I, I can live with him as Speaker. Uh, McConnell? I got some problems with, but I can't find a good substitute. There's no one else that I can think of who can hold together a coalition that spans from Susan Collins all the way over to J.D. Vance, other than McConnell, uh, which brings us Rona McDaniel. She is now 0-5 in elections, two of them being Georgia runoffs that they have been blown. Now, I, I, I know there are lots of excuses. There are lots of other reasons. You can talk about the effect of Trump. You can talk about and, – and he's partly to blame. You can talk about candidate mistakes. You could talk about the, uh, the, the wreck of the Republican uh, uh, brand. You could talk about funding. You can talk about all those things. Don't care. Rona McDaniel's the chair. The commander's responsible for everything a unit does or doesn't do. I'm very linear about this. It's worked for 5,000 years in the military. It can work here, too. You're responsible. Get it done. I don't care what the problems are. We hired her to fix the problems. Now, Lee Zeldin has stepped out, but he says they need new blood. We got Harmeet Dillon as a potential candidate. I know Michael Lindell's been talking about it, but that's not going to happen. Uh, there are 168 Republican uh, poobahs who vote for the RNC chair, and uh, they better hear in the next few weeks from the base. I did a poll, Tony, it's not scientific, but I did a poll on Twitter, follow me at Kurt Schlichter. 5,996 people voted. Who do you want to run the RNC? 0.6% voted for Rona. 06 
That's a statistical anomaly. It's almost impossible. Literally more people would vote in favor of monkeypox than having Rona for another term. Now, we should be uh, engage a little bit of clarity here, talking to Kurt Schlichter, retired Colonel, United States Army, author of the book Inferno, a Kelly Turnbull novel, which you can find at Amazon.com. It's not about people being angry at Rona McDaniel. I have not heard anybody screaming and yelling about how much they dislike her. It is, like we see in NFL coaches, it's about the result. You're discussing it. It's 0-5. How is this even a question, and what's the argument in favor of keeping her? Well, the argument in favor of keeping her is she wants to be Republican chair. That's that's literally it. She's not, what what she, you know, hey, I've blown it five times. You know, six, uh, uh, six is my lucky number. I'm due. I mean, look, if she was a coach of a sports ball team, she'd be pounding the pavement. It's nothing personal. I mean, everybody who's met her says she's a nice lady. I'm sure she is. I don't care. I just want her gone because she has a proven track record of failure again and again and again. And I don't want to hear about how it was close. I don't want to hear about the problems. I hi- We hired her. And, and we, the Republican Party, did hire her. She works for us, the base, even if she doesn't think so. We hired her to not have it close, to not let the obstacle stop her. But she has. So she needs to go away. The question now comes to who do you replace her with? The devil you know versus the devil that that you don't. I ha- I've made this argument that you can't just simply accept that this is who you have because this is who you have or they're due or as Republicans often discuss, well, it's their turn. I don't, I don't believe in turns. I, I believe in, in victory. So do you have anybody else in mind? You mentioned some of the people who are running. Uh, I'm questioning who would you like to have run? And then what is it that you want to see them do? What are, as as you watch this uh, there from, from your, your world at, at, at townhall.com and, and the work you do both on Twitter at Kurt Schlick S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R, uh, and, and other places, uh, commentaries uh, on cable news outlets. What is the maneuver that the Republicans need to engage in order to get victory? Well, look, I, I, I'm a big supporter of Harmeet Dillon. That comes uh, in part from my law side. She's another California lawyer. She does a lot of high-profile conservative cases. I do kind of behind-the-scenes conservative stuff. But when there's a, a big case with a lot of media, I, I send it up to Harmeet, and she does a great job. She knows how to handle media. She knows how to communicate. That's step one. Uh, she also has been very deeply involved. She is a, uh, a, a committee person from California. So she knows the Republican National Committee from the inside, and she's been a longtime observer and a longtime critic who has seen the problems. She's fought election battles. She understands the election lawfare issue. She understands it probably better than almost anybody else in the Republican Party. Uh, she's also very popular among the base. Uh, she, you know, she she is not tied to big donors. She is not tied to big companies. She is uh, uh, truly uh, in sync with the current Republican Party, where you want to call it MAGA or America First or you know traditional whatever you want to call it. She is in line with the base and gets it. But she's also a person who knows how to interact at a very high level. 
uh, especially as a lawyer. She goes and gets and keeps clients. She knows how to work with donors. So she, she really checks all the boxes. Uh, she's also a great person. She's very honest. And, you know, she has a, a, a real personal experience in the screw-ups of the Republican Party. I think she's a great person to go in and fix some of the problems she's identified over the years. I encourage people to to look her up, Harmeet Dillon, H-A-R-M-E-E-T, Harmeet Dillon, uh, read about her. But, you, you know, you brought up the idea of Trump and he, his level of culpability, right? This this brings up the conversation of candidate quality. And, and you had Van Jones on CNN thanking Trump for supporting uh, Herschel Walker. But when you take a look at that spread, it was, what, two or three points? It was, maybe it was even less when it all, all the votes come in. It wasn't a blowout. It wasn't a 15-point blowout. So... As you see it, what is Trump's culpability? And is this a conversation about don't get wrapped up in it in 2024? As you've written about, you've written about the case for DeSantis, the case against DeSantis, the case uh, for and against everyone else. As you're trying to share, hey, here are the thoughts that we we should be looking at as we look into 2024. You can find that all at townhall.com. What is Trump's culpability in your view? And has uh, has these choices, have these choices, these nominations, these endorsements, I should say, uh, hurt him going forward? Well, look, uh, uh, Trump did pretty poorly in disputed uh, Senate races. Uh, he, 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 his endorsements did well in guys who were likely to win anyway. Uh, in the disputed guys, not so much. And the fact that they were very close indicates that the Trump factor was probably greater. That is, if Trump cost uh, Herschel two points, one way or the other, well, that would that would switch things completely. Now, here's the thing about Trump. I think he was a great president. I think he did a lot of great things. I also think he has a ceiling because some people, I don't care why, it's irrelevant why, but hate him unreasonably. They weren't going to change their minds. For for you know, and while Trump can motivate uh, uh, our base to some extent, I think I think that's uh, lessening day by day. Uh, he definitely motivates the other side. I was told, I don't live in Georgia, but I was told that you, you saw two kinds of ads from Warnock, one abortion, one Herschel loves Trump. And, uh, you know, it, it looks like it paid off. The simple fact is a lot of people hate Trump and will vote against him or anyone he blesses. And that is a problem. It's not a moral judgment about Trump. It's an objective judgment. It's a problem. And uh, people are going to have to look at that over the next two years. But the, what I'm now going to hear, the emails that I will get from the the vocal is that, oh, once again, Tony, got another Trump hater uh, talking, uh, another well, never Trumper. Trump hater who you read the you, you actually read the audio book of my book defending Trump against scurrilous charges, as I believe. I did, by the way. He wrote, uh, uh, Kurt has a book. I'm forgetting the name of it right now. Um, uh, 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump. Yeah, and you. I defended Trump, and I will also point out when uh, uh, when he's a problem. I- I'm unsentimental. I, I, you know, I, I, he's a politician. I don't owe him loyalty. He owes me loyalty. He owes me wins. If he's not winning, here's a handshake. Enjoy your retirement. I don't care about his feelings. I don't care that he was ripped off in 2020. And I was one of the election lawyers on 2020. I know it was a problem. Don't care. 
because this, that's, that's the past. This drives people. I care about the future. This drives people batty because what they want to do is engage in a level of piousness. And I, and, and I have this debate constantly on the air. They want to be angry about the thing. Me, I want to go about winning. I oppose early voting. I oppose uh, the ballot curing. I oppose the ballot harvesting. But if it's legal, you got to go out there and do it. And that's something that we aren't seeing as of yet from the Republican Party. Is this a conversation for the next future RNC chair? Or is this about every state? state getting down some brass tacks well i think it's about both look at california california believe it or not saved the house of representatives how did it do that uh because we adopt we, we we start playing by california rules which are early voting ballot harvesting all that stuff so you catch mega churches gun stores uh you know uh, you know all, all harvesting ballots from conservatives and we won seats that we had previously lost, and we came close in a few others. You've got to play by – look, you don't get to pick the battlefield you fight on. you got to fight in the battle that you're faced with. And if, if you're in a state with these losers, you got to play by them. If you have a chance to tighten them up, I, I think you should. I would like one-day voting on paper. Everybody does it in person with full ID and, you know, a notarized person. I, you know, I, I would like that. But you know what? To get that done, I need to win elections so I can pass laws that make that the law. You say it. And a lot of people are, well, we should outlaw this stuff. Well, you know, I'd like a pony, too. You look great with a pony, by the way. Actually, I go for a unicorn. It really lets my inner rainbow out. Kurt Schlichter is his name. Uh, you can find his work at townhall.com uh, and the Kelly Turnbull series of books, the latest book being Inferno, available at amazon.com or wherever. I should say wherever fine books are sold, but that series is only on Amazon. His other books you can find all over the place, whether that be a Militant Normals, Will Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America, and of course, uh, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. You can find those at Amazon.com or wherever fine books are sold. Kurt Schlichter, always a pleasure. Follow him on Twitter, S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R. Kurt Schlichter is where you find him on Twitter. Good to talk to you. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. I get that we are often desperate for stories that are not about politics. We need things outside of the realm of politics because it can all get just completely and totally mental. But I didn't know that people were taking seriously Candace Owens, who wants to know if you think that Botox in and fake lips is an attractive look. I didn't know that this was a, a subject. I didn't know that people could be angry about such a thing. Serious question for men. Do you think that the Botox filler fake lips look is attractive? Do you envision long-term relationships with girls that look that way? Now, if you asked me, I would tell you, nope. I I do not. Uh, the 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 stereotypical thing that you see with the, with the filler, no, 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 no. I have no issue with plastic surgery, although I do have issue with facelifts because I just, they don't seem to ever work out right now, do they? They don't seem to ever work out well. That's, that is, seems, that is my take. 
after seeing women with 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 facelifts and going, oh, honey. Which, uh, according to some, I'm not allowed to say because I'm a man and that's and that's just wrong. And, and what I say is, oh, honey. But I think it's amazing that it, it once again shows, it's not even about Candace. People, like, they, they don't often share their political opinion. It doesn't matter how, how in, intense the political uh, dissertation is. People do have opinions on these things and they want to just be connected. It's yes, they are looking for something that isn't so hard edged. Those cultural stories always matter. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz.